Hey everyone, I'm Lewis Malley. Welcome to the podcast. This episode was originally recorded on one of my live streams. If you want to watch or listen to more of my content, please follow me on the various social media channels. Please leave a review, subscribe, and I hope you enjoy it. So this week we have uh, the pleasure of speaking with Glenn Martin, talent acquisition superstar, who was our last live podcast guest. Absolutely. So really cool to have him back. back. Let's patch Glenn in. Let's patch Glenn in. Hey, Glenn. Hey, guys. I was just looking for the superstar you mentioned on your intro. <laughs> I have no idea who you're referring to. <laughs> Hi, Glenn. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks, welcome. guys. Good, good, good to be back with, uh, with both of you. Uh, like I said, no, I really enjoyed the, the live podcast. That was wicked. Uh, we'll get back there soon. We'll definitely we'll get, get back, back to that. It feels like the weather's getting warmer and everyone's getting a little bit more positive and the virus is chilling yeah. out a little bit. It's, it's literally summer in London. I have the, just the sunshine above and it's, uh, it feels great. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> so for this, for this show, we're going to talk um, virtual hiring, candidate experience, and then think a little bit about what the recruitment process might look like uh, going forward. So some good, some really good stuff there. Big um, it's great it's great so um what's been your experience i know you're, you're hiring at the moment and yeah. you know really in it so yeah totally i mean in terms of so this is a really interesting one we were chatting about it before the show right um i think some companies have really experienced challenges um due to kind of obviously social isolation and how they've had to kind of change and pivot their hiring experience and their hiring process and actually the company i've been working with uh, it's a fintech for them it's not been a major change at all they uh, they had pretty well embedded kind of social collaboration tools the actual hiring process actually flips quite well into a virtual environment um, because a lot of the team and the people that are interviewing actually understand whilst there is whilst there isn't that kind of physical shared space how yeah. to kind of project yourself, how to make that human connection and actually what you're looking to discover through the process of an interview. Uh, I think they index really well on that. And I, I wonder whether other companies have fared as well, because as I was saying to you before the show, man, I have this real kind of, it's a bugbear in terms of the way people refer to remote working or yeah. virtual hiring as if implying that it's not the full experience that it should be and the you know kind of physical basically you know that that kind of physical location is it you know and being in the same physical location is, is the key to the decision making is absolutely yeah. the essential bit and i i, I don't think it is I, you, well, I don't believe it is do you do you not feel that you you miss something not meeting someone face to face like you know you get that kind of you know everyone says i'm such a good judge of character you know, read people's body language and you shake the hand and all of that kind of stuff. I think, yeah, the, the experience of being in the same physical location was missed. But I don't I don't believe it detracted from my experience of them as individuals, getting to understand them and understand their motivators, why they want a particular opportunity. And yeah, I don't I personally believe it didn't in any way kind of inhibit actually the, the interviewing process. Um, and if anything, I, I think it actually made, you know, both me and perhaps the, the, uh, the, the individual interviewing more aware yeah. that they had to put a bit more kind of effort and emphasis in to kind of project yeah. themselves. You know what I mean? But um, eventually, I, I, 
Yeah, sorry, uh, uh, Glenn, I was just um, thinking that eventually you have to meet them in person through the process. Uh, I mean, eventually, do you think that you have to no. uh, get like a, a quick um, idea of the person that you are interviewing or you think it, it, all ha it, it can all go virtual? 100% virtual. That's what we've, we've done with the fintech that I'm working with. So we've hired people 100% virtual. So yeah, at some point um, when, you know, kind of uh, the, the, the kind of social isolation restrictions are gone, we will meet that person in person, but that hasn't inhibited us hiring them. And we've onboarded five now people nice. um, virtually. So yeah, it's cool. Oh, great. Yeah. And should you feel that you can, you can still effectively feel what this person's about, um, assess their fit into the organization, you know, all of those things virtually. Like, are you, are you completely confident that you're, you're as an effective recruiter? Um, so let me, let me flip that back on you, right? So if you have an interview <laughs> framework, a set of values you're interviewing against, and, yeah. and that's the criteria that you're assessing that person against, What's the difference between having that conversation virtually or having that conversation in person? Does the, does the framework or the assessment framework change at all from the in-person to the virtual? Because if it does, then, okay, you've got to reevaluate two different types of kind of interviewing frameworks then, right? Yeah, no, I, I mean, ultimately, no, you're right. Completely right. I mean, if you've got a framework, if you're, if you're interviewing against certain criteria, absolutely the same there's just it just feels like um for some organizations that we hire for i mean some like like you are doing it virtually others others aren't others are doing yeah. it a little bit so it's been it's been quite a mix and mm. and the key the, the thing that people are saying is i just i want to i want to like i need to meet i want to meet them you know like mm. like the the video is great and uh i'm all for it and i think it will be a massively integral part of the recruitment process. Um, it just feels like as we as we maybe start to to to, to get out of lockdown, people feel more comfortable meeting yeah. someone. I mean, yeah, um, I mean we are you know we're kind of kinetic beings, aren't we? We we like <laughs> to be in the presence of people. It's you know there is a, a kind of positive uh, vibe from that. But I, I I anchoring an interview process in the the need to physically meet somebody in person my question is why what yeah. quantify for me what more you're going to get even reading the body language that you think that's that's uh, that's a component a key component of the uh, interviewing process oh. reading um, people's about a language um hmm. that tells you a, uh, a bit more about that person as opposed to through the okay. the virtual i mean um Okay, well, I'm going to play devil's advocate, Aldo, right? If we're sitting here now, you can see my arms, my chest, my head, everything like that. It's like, are you going to, are you going to read anything more into my body language from the waist down? <laughs> well, apparently, well, apparently, let me tell you, uh, uh, there is, according to the studies, the best way to interview someone is um, by having a chair and not having a, a, um, a table in between. So you can read yeah. through from head to toe. But... There are some articles out now about virtual meeting uh, meetings fatigue. Do you think this is happening? Having suffered from fatigue of uh, out of the, all these uh, virtual meetings? Yeah, I would say there's definitely the same. 
if you have lots of meetings when you're in person, you can experience the same fatigue if you have lots of meetings virtually. So I think it's I think it's it's it's, it's similar. You you know if you go into multiple multiple meetings, mm -hmm. then you're you're mentally going to be kind of drained. I think because it, it requires renewed energy, you know, mind space, intellectual horsepower for each different meeting. Um, and whether that's in person or virtually, I think you you, yeah. you can experience the same fatigue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The thing I the thing I find, and I was. Um, I can't remember which psychologist I was reading, to be honest, but I'll stick it in the show notes afterwards. Mm. But, but this lady was saying that so the, the Zoom stuff and the virtual uh, meetings and stuff are great, but often it leaves people with um, like a sense of, of what she called it grieving, but but like mm. something missing. And 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 yeah. what she said is often like you get this great conversation, but then when you leave, you realise what you're missing, which is. Mm. You know, you can't shake someone's hand, give them a cuddle, you mm. know, like. So I think it, it will be interesting to see um, once once we're out of lockdown, like what what this whether this virtual hiring will continue or, or mm. and be a main part of, of the recruitment process or a part of, you know, maybe yeah. the first or first interview and. Well, you know, one, one of our clients, um, uh, uh, on this note, uh, Lewis, one of our clients was uh, in this meeting and uh, was sitting in a, in a, in a, in a large room and uh, through the interview was wearing a mask. You cannot, I don't, I don't know if you, Glenn, would you prefer to have an interview face-to-face -face wearing a mask or rather have a, a, a virtual meeting? Um, I think it's down to choice in terms of, and back to, to Lewis's point, right? There is, there is, I think, going to be a temptation by a lot of companies to default back to the way that they used to recruit and hire and the process yeah, they yeah. used to have. Yeah. But actually, what they're probably not taking into account is the choice of the candidate and how they would like and what kind of interview process they would like to experience. Because to your point, Aldo, you know, there might be some individuals that, you know, don't want to come into London. They don't, they don't want to come into London until, you know, kind of July, mid-July when, you know, a lot of yeah. other people have gone back to sort of see what happens. Um, actually, some people from a time efficiency perspective would prefer the virtual interview process because it actually allows them a lot more flexibility. So I, I think actually it's really about the choice of the individual. You need to take that into account, the candidate's choice. Um, but in terms of, you know, sitting in front of somebody with, uh, kind of a mask on or not? I, you know, it's entirely down to them. I respect whatever they want to do. True. We've got a we've got a question from Nicholas Lakeland um, Nicholas. on this. Nicholas, Nicholas, yeah, um, employment lawyer. So he says, doesn't meeting people, doesn't meeting I'm not people. Anything. <laughs> he's writing this down as we speak. Doesn't meeting yeah. people give you a more complete picture of the person remotely? Can't candidates put up a better front? which you were trying to get around. Okay, it, it, so... So can they be, what, they, can, yeah. they can act, what, essentially. What, what, what I infer from that is, are we questioning individuals' integrity to be different virtually yeah. than they are in person? I go with a view of trust, that who I'm meeting virtually and who I meet in person is the same person. Um, I think if you're a very effective interviewer, you will be able to get round the front um, that is perceived to be there. And I think if you really, you know, index high on EQ, you can very comfortably get past that, perhaps that initial um, kind of facade or their perception of what they should do in an interview, right? 
And yeah. that's your responsibility as an interviewer to set the scene, set the context, make them comfortable and think about the type of conversation that you want to set up with them um, and yeah. how you want to make them feel comfortable because you want to see the real person. So for me, as I said, I go with trust. I trust in people's integrity um, and I'm very confident that you can set up an interview to get a real sense of that person, whether it's virtually or or kind of face to face. And are you are you doing anything differently to to make people feel comfortable in his interview process? Because we want it to be fair, obviously, yeah. and give people the best chance and space to to be their mm. best selves. Is there anything that that you'd advise people to do to enable that? Yeah. Well, all of us know about the pre-interview, the interview, and the post-interview, right? The pre-interview yeah. is that that initial opening of how you kind of make feel somebody relaxed, how you, you kind of start with some initial chat that just around, you know, whatever's in the news, the weather, you know, and, and ultimately kind of how their day's been going, et cetera, et cetera. You want to be able to basically set that conversation up and set the boundaries of the, how relaxed you are. So therefore that essentially really should, you know, sort of project onto them. They, they, you know, when you come into an interview, I think as if you're an interviewee, you're immediately trying to read the interviewer, right? What kind of interview is this going to be? You know, um, you know, kind of what kind of, you know, kind of context is it? Is it quite relaxed? Is it quite formal? Um, and it's your responsibility again as an interviewer to really set the context for that. Am I doing anything differently? No, not in terms of what I'm talking about, how I'm, uh, how I'm, um, I'm basically setting that interview up. But actually, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this: I may name drop through this show but it's purely as a reference point for people to kind of go and check this out so uh that kind of friend and, and kind of collaborator of mine gail sixsmith works on um your projection your body language in virtual and, and in person um okay. you know former actress but interesting coach yeah. and and she actually can give you some really clear things that you can do to project yourself um, which I think you can say verbally, but actually how you communicate that physically as well, making that mm -hmm. connection can really help in a, in, a, in a virtual environment. Definitely. What about um, what about dress? So we're all, I mean, you're matching your background, which is wonderful. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. I in a shirt, I'm in a t-shirt. Are you finding people are dress, still like dressing up for an interview? Or maybe it could be a bit more relaxed when you're doing mm. a, a virtual interview as when you walk inside an office. I mean, you're, you're more in your comfort zone, right? Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, it's a good question because I've experienced both. Some people have dressed very formally for an interview. Some have, you know, just dressed very relaxed. I guess for me personally, it's not important. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily index higher somebody that's dressed in a kind of suit formally to somebody that's yeah. sitting there in a t-shirt because for me it's about the content and conversation yeah um, but yeah to, to to your question i've experienced both basically um, yeah. some people that have really set up the the kind of backdrop uh, and everything being really conscious of of kind of you know the the, the whole <laughs> screen that somebody's seeing and some people just yeah. dropped in in their kitchen with their cat walking along and we just started <laughs> to go you know well, i mean <laughs> which is you've got to also, think about it like go on Alder. Uh, yes, I, I think it's, 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 um, it's a nice thing. Is one of the positive things is that it gives a, a human context because you get a, a bit of an insight of, of, of where you live. Um, things like um, I would analyze uh, people's background as well. Um, you have a very lovely wallpaper, Lewis. You have a very nice painting, Glenn, on the back. <laughs> it makes me feel a bit like I'm in Costa Rica. 
I have yeah. some books on my background. You know, it just like gives you a bit yeah. of an insight of, yeah. of, of people's, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, own lives. So I think that's a very positive thing. It is nice. It is nice. A lot of things to think about really are. Um, and uh, and I think ultimately, you're right, it's going to be more and more an integral part of uh, of the recruitment process. Um, for, for some of the stuff we've been doing, so it's so a board level search, leadership roles, we're still finding that ultimately, the clients want some in person um, interaction at some point in the process. Um, so that, that'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, we, we, were, we were already doing a lot of virtual interviews with international searchers. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, now with local UK ones, again, the, video, the virtual interviewing. But um, it's going to be very interesting to see how it develops. Well, uh, what we should know is once, so once you've, you've hired five people virtually, who's now owning the onboarding process? Uh, yeah, so <laughs> you've, you've kind of preempted um, a, a topic we're discussing on Friday, actually, which is oh, right. who owns who owns the kind of onboarding recruitment or HR um, as a recruiter. Clearly, I'm going to say recruitment mainly <laughs> um, because it, it kind of it makes sense. It's a bit biased. It's going to be biased, Aldo, right? <laughs> because I think I think recruitment is is definitely part of the people function. Recruitment yeah. doesn't stop when somebody walks in the door. From in my in my opinion, right. So the onboarding piece is definitely is definitely part of that. Recruitment can certainly own that. I think what you need to remember is it's not in isolation, right? So. And it depends on the size of the company, right? So I work largely with kind of startups and scale-ups. So usually I'm either the one recruiter um, and you tend to work in conjunction with, uh, in partnership, should I say, with kind of ops and, and HR to a degree. Um, and actually, and this is one thing I will say, right? Never underestimate the value of a fantastic operations or office manager. I'm working with one at the moment, Lauren Price. I'll give her a shout out because she's awesome. Right. She has contributed massively to that, you know, the, the, the partnership around onboarding our, our new employees. So I think it's, you know, depending on the size of the company, recruitment with support from office or ops um, and HR yeah. will probably pick up where it's, you really go into the induction piece. So I, you know, induct them into their first day, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So a real, a real team game. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it might be different in larger scale enterprise companies, but certainly in startups and scale ups, you do yeah. need to, you know, work really well in partnership with uh, with kind of office management, ops, and, and and HR. Yeah, and then how have you integrated them into the like, into the team? How have because obviously you know le leaders and managers are are in the same boat, right? I mean, we're all just mm -hmm. feeling our way around, and mm -hmm. how how are you finding people? you know welcome to the team um yeah. join the the virtual pub quiz we've got on friday at yeah. four whatever i mean yeah are they yeah. doing anything that's that's really cool or so the socializing is important uh, and that's no different uh to if you know if they were joining in person walking in the office on the on the uh, on the on their first day and i think it's really important to make sure that they're introduced to their immediate team make sure they're introduced to the, the kind of teams that they'll be working with and interacting with. So that might actually end up being probably their first week. And to your point, Aldo, maybe a bit of um, a bit of uh, virtual meeting overload. But actually what it does do, mm -hmm. it immediately socializes them, 
gets them mm -hmm. into the collaboration channels, talking, exchanging mm -hmm. information, introductions with them, uh, with, with, you know, fellow colleagues. And actually, yeah, things like the virtual pub quiz um, and virtual coffees become, become really important part of that. And yeah. I think certainly in terms of when they join that first day, you know, you, you want to be able to ensure that the sort of team are probably reaching out and, and contacting that person yeah. before their first day yeah. to say, hey, you know, looking forward to you coming on board. Just and just, yeah. yeah, just kind of yeah. really sort of being welcoming. And again, that's no different to in-person to virtual and both can be done equally as well. Yeah, yeah. and you... I'm thinking um, um, one question could be like, um, if you have at the end of a process, three favorite three or four favorite candidates uh mm -hmm. and they all four of them have the same quality uh same skills they're they are great on on the, the virtual interviews they've been great mm -hmm. what is that the, do you think you you would have to meet them in person in order to define the, 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 make the final decision or what well, what that, could be a, yeah. the, the, the final uh decision point in order to yeah. to select the, um, the the most suitable one well, firstly, um, if you've got four exceptional candidates, you've got to make a decision over. That sounds good in the first place. Um, and so yeah. if you've worked, worked with an agency for that, you need to, uh, you need to up the fee because they've done an exceptional job. Um, <laughs> uh, but to your point, I, I think if, if, there is, if, there is, if you're looking for a deciding factor, I think actually, well, one of the things that we've actually used virtually was a, a panel-based presentation. So... And, and this is quite rapid, right? So you give them a case study, you give them kind of 48 hours to put that case study together, put that presentation together, and then present to a mixed panel of people that haven't actually, or not everybody has been involved in the interview process, because we're looking for a different audience participation, a different audience input. Um, sure. and, then the, the, and then the panel's briefed on actually what to essentially kind of look for and assess for. There's right. certain things that we may need to want to index in more, dig deep into a little bit more. And I think that can, that can help as a real differentiator. It may add another stage to the process, but ultimately if you've got four fantastic candidates, you owe them the respect of ensuring yeah. you've done your full due diligence to ensure you make the right decision at the end. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, we've Very got a process at the moment where the final stage is, is, a, is a presentation as well. Mm -hmm. It's. Um, it's a good way to do it. I think you can hire. You're right. Because circling back, it's a very mm. effective way to hire. Um, mm. Absolutely. Yeah, and you can uh, you can you can uh, you can read a lot into how they set that virtual presentation up. Yeah. So ultimately, um, say for instance, the software they use, how they present, how they get you to interact as a panel to the presentation. These yeah. things, it's not just, it's not just the presentation, the content in isolation, it's actually, how do they set this up? How do they make it an engaging experience for you? And actually that can be a real differentiator as well. Absolutely. And make sure you have fast fiber optic broadband because you don't want your, uh, you don't want your yeah. interview, uh, you don't want your thing going off. So totally, totally. It's, it's interesting. Who are you finding now? So, so, so one feedback I've had is that, um, when you, when you get hired now, um, it's quite mechanical. So, so the difference between like, if you're face to face, I think you make friends quicker, you know, like I can see you, I can, I can make friends with you and stuff. And, and a lot of people are finding it a bit mechanical. It's here's your job, here are the tasks, crack on. Um, okay. Have you had the same well, experience or how you, what are you finding? Well, uh, I personally know, um, I don't think it's mechanical. I, I think 
you know, recruitment is the people team um, and it's our responsibility to make it a people based experience. Uh, for me, yeah. no, I don't, I don't find it transactional. And Good, I mean, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be kind of critical, but any companies that are finding or any perhaps candidates that are finding a company's process quite mechanical kind of tells you a little bit about that business and perhaps how they value their employees, they, how they value the kind of recruitment process and how they value the candidate experience. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, for me, that would be, that would be something I'd be looking to kind of question uh, and maybe assess in my final decision-making if I were a candidate. Um, you know, for me personally, I think it's always about putting the people first in the, in, in the interview process. So I making sure the hiring managers are, you know, front and center, the personalities are really out in front of the brand um, and yes. making sure that yeah. the, the candidate really experiences that. Yeah. Well, that leads us beautifully. So the, the candidate experience. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. We've, we've talked really about um, from the, from a company perspective. Um, and uh, so it'd be interesting to see what, what, what are your thoughts on the experience for the candidate? Are they enjoying this virtual interviewing? Um, or do you think you'd prefer to get an opportunity to meet someone face to face? I think the certainly the anecdotal feedback that you know, I'm kind of getting from people that have gone through our, our process is they one, they've really enjoyed it. Two, they've really got a very good sense of the business and the people in the business. And three, I think they found it time efficient that they haven't had to travel places. Um, and, and, and actually four, whilst i think you know they would like to maybe experience the office space i don't think that has actually um been a detractor from their final decision to accept um the offer that we we've, we've made them and you know like let's say the three of us were kind of on twitter earlier and, and ben yeah. Gelhall um kind of pinged out the the candidate experience sort of framework which we can drop into the, the sort of chat channel afterwards which actually yeah. for me had two really key things in it in terms of the brand awareness. And I'll just read them off now because I've got in front of me. So, yeah, please, yeah. Transparent view of the organization, mission, story, and experience, the why, and engaged and motivated employees promoting their experiences through content shared by relevant accessible platforms and events. That's candidate expectations. Now, yes, yeah. it's going to be more magnified now, right? So possibly one of the first questions somebody might ask is how did you treat your employees through the sort of covid period did you furlough lots of them did you make lots of redundancies how was the you know, what was the culture and the environment like through this this kind of tough period um so there's there's going to be that that question around okay what's it like internally and actually how does that project externally in terms of the candidates experience of the business when they go through that that interview process yeah, so I yeah. think that you know that one is that one's a really interesting one for me. I mean, I like that. Let me just—I think we've lost Aldo, so we're going to patch Aldo out, um, and then we'll continue the two of us. Perfect. Um, so now I think it's it's interesting because I've I've had a, a lot of a lot of mixed feedback from different mm -hmm. companies, well, different candidates going through different interview processes about how I don't really call it kind of not tech savvy, but how quickly they've moved to adapt to the the kind of the COVID era, let's say. Um, mm. using technology, trying to get their story out. Um, we're seeing quite a lot of people do um, the video casts, the live shows. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know you're, you're a veteran of the, uh, of the live <laughs> show, 100, 150 and counting or something like that. Um, so do you think, I mean, what are your thoughts on all of that stuff? 
I think um, I think it's great that individuals are feeling empowered to you know kind of share their uh, their opinions and, um, and and want to start conversations around you know different aspects of kind of the, the whole sort of talent sphere. Um, for me, uh, I, I I think it's great. I think it's positive. Yeah. I I'm not. I don't think there's an overload of that kind of content being produced. Actually, yeah. I, I, I welcome it because the more transparency from the recruitment industry as a whole, the better, because it allows businesses, it allows, you know, uh, certainly candidates as well to, to understand what we do and how yeah. much, you know, effort and how much, you know, graft and, and how much passion we put into what we do. So yeah. yeah, for me, I'm I'm big tick in a box. I'm I'm a I'm an advocate. I think it's great because more and more now you find people want to join. Like, why does someone want to join a company versus another one? You know, I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, is their career going to be better served the new firm versus mm -hmm. the old? But also, more and more people want to hear about green credentials. Like, you know, how environmentally mm -hmm. friendly are they? What's their carbon footprint like? But then, but then also, you buy into the storytelling. You know, if you see the mm -hmm. CEO being really authentic and genuine and sharing his view yeah. online mm -hmm. i think it's it's brilliant you know it makes it all yeah. that, that much more human definitely the sustainability is key so what i was yeah index, indexing on there is you know what recruiters are doing for their companies in terms of projecting that message i think yeah. businesses definitely um i think I, I think probably the only thing that um will will die away quite quickly on kind of linkedin feeds and twitter feeds is pictures of zoom meetings um i'm yes, kind of <laughs> you know look it's it's kind of like it's almost replaced that it's almost replaced that um picture of the team around the table at a lunch type thing you know what i mean now it's yeah. a team in yeah. a zoom meeting which is which is great i'm, I'm pleased everybody's yeah. utilizing technology but um to be honest i you know it, so is everybody else so it's not particularly unique in any way shape or form um no. show me something that isn't um, perhaps uh, something that everybody else is doing, right? Uh, you know, I've seen the pub quizzes, I've seen the workouts, I've seen all kinds of things like that. Um, <laughs> so it's good that people are, are really sort of collaborating and connecting, but actually yeah. it's not a differentiator anymore to go, oh, look at us on a Zoom meeting. You've got to, yeah, you've got to try and different. You've got to try and differentiate. The Zoom, the Zoom yeah. thing's done now. Um, yeah. I'm more interested. I'm more interested in the post-COVID era. Well, I'm, I'm, I maybe sounds strange now, but I'm super excited for, for what's coming next. You know, we talked about a few themes that like the virtual interviewing, you know, what's that going to look like? Um, the candidate experience, I think still quite a bit of work to do. You know, I think people are still, yeah. you've got to find your feet, I think still a little bit, but that's getting better. Mm. Um, so what, I mean, what do you think it's gonna look like going forward now? Like, you know, six like, months time. Like you said, interesting times, right? First and foremost, um, remote working or the option to remote to to work remotely, work from home. The myth around that being something that's kind of you know you have to sign up for, or ultimately a company gives you one to two days a week that sort of thing because it might impact the business. Um, that's gone. That's yeah. completely you know COVID is completely yeah. it's destroyed that myth completely, and actually yeah. what it's done. Um, it's it's forced leaders to rethink how they lead and the good leaders the really great leaders will yeah. take the learnings from covid and that experience and really accelerate their teams and their businesses forward um, yeah. perhaps the, the the ones that might struggle a little bit more are the ones that want to default back to the way it was so i think yeah, yeah. In, in terms of recruitment 
for me, what I would hope is that choice becomes an option for the candidate and businesses are able to offer that choice in terms of how a person wants to go through an interview process. So if they want to be purely remote, you know, there's almost a conversation around how that could look. Um, yeah. And businesses will have the responsibility to create an experience that is consistent across whatever medium. Um, yeah, I, I, think right. I, I, saw, I saw a Facebook post the other day, uh, yesterday, actually, in a group. I think we're all in, actually. And the chap yeah. sort of posted that his daughter uh, applied for a job and, and effectively um, got requested for an interview. And she was like, oh, look, you know, is this interview going to be like via Zoom or, uh, or, or in person? And this company came back and went, well, it's going to be in person. She was like, well, I prefer not to travel in at the moment. They were like, okay, well, we, we won't progress with the interview. Oh, really? It's like, what the? What? 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 You know, I have a question also in regards to the technology being used, um, Glad, uh, put yeah. in place. Uh, what, will, what will be the next thing after Zoom? Because it was Skype oh. before, but I was actually speaking with um, a, a contact of mine. And uh, to, in order to log in through to Skype, you have to have an account. So... Zoom just made it easier. Actually, is a is a is a is a, a chief technology officer was telling me this the the, mm. the after Skype era, and it's very easy. It's very user friendly. Uh, do you see any other platforms? I mean, what will be the? I imagine the future because five uh, G is coming through, so mm. we'll be able to see something like uh, Star Wars when you can see the, the hologram of a person popping up <laughs> and uh, then you can read the whole body language, right? Because you just, just put like <laughs> a device that will pop out, your whole uh, body would look like. I mean, uh, that would be fantastic to have something like that in the future. You see something like that really happening. I think, um, I think well, what, what future technology will look like? Um, yeah, I mean, that hologram element, I think is it's definitely a possibility, but actually affordability yeah is going to be a key play there, right? I, I, I'm not entirely sure a small scale London startup can afford that type of tech to interview their, their, their people. So I think there'll be that continued dependent on, dependency on the, the types of platforms around now, like Zoom and Teams and you know, kind of Blue Jeans yeah. and everything on those lines. And then, you know, I think slightly more, and the interesting thing is slightly more informal channels, I think have been used through this period as well, like Messenger, WhatsApp, et cetera to to kind of continue to conduct interviews and conversations and whereas before yeah. they may not have been considered out of necessity they are now a consideration yeah. have been used and hopefully people have experienced that it hasn't again detracted just because you're not on zoom with a virtual background yes. doesn't mean to say that the quality of the conversation across whatsapp um video is is, is any yeah. less or is any is and, different you and know what on, I mean? on, that, on that point uh, that you're talking about i've um you know, I remember back uh, some decades ago, I was watching these cartoons. I used to watch these cartoons called um, uh, Messenger. If anyone remembers that, there, is a, there, there, was, a, there was a part where uh, they were talking um, virtually. And I thought as a kid, that is, this is definitely a cartoon. This is sci-fi. This will never happen in the yeah. future. And now we're doing it like it's a, as a, the normal thing. Mm. So uh, if this happened now... Uh, yeah. I imagine, you know, I cannot even imagine what will happen in 10 years from now in terms Definitely. of those virtual meetings. It's yeah, crazy. I mean, we've, I'll just say, we've got, we've got some questions. So I thought we'd just, let's just crack, get on with a few of the questions. Yeah, so, and, uh, thank you, Melody. Uh, so I think Melody, um, Melody works at Imperial College Business School. Um, okay, cool. so she's, she's interested to understand how recruiters 
will change the way they reach out to candidates and engage with future hires. Um, and she says, normally um, they advise their MBA students to try and meet recruiters for a coffee, for an initial chat. Um, and she's, she's asking, are we just going to be doing the same now over Skype, Zoom or Teams? Mm. Yeah, so yeah, that's a good question. I think, um, I mean, so what she's, what she's probably looking to, to understand is actually how can these MBA students yeah. kind of get a, maybe a little bit more traction, a little bit more of a meaningful contact and, and, and kind of um, conversation with recruiters. I would yes. say that's always dependent on the recruiter um, specifically and, 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 and how, um, how open they are to kind of engaging and doing something different. So whether that's a conversation that starts on WhatsApp, translates to a, a virtual kind of chat and then to a face-to-face -face coffee. Um, it's a good question. I, I can only talk for myself, to be fair, Lewis, and I would I would suggest that the more personal, the better. But yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that in person increases the, you know, the how personal that is. Yeah, I mean, for me, um, being a, an executive search consultant, we are we are still meeting. Well, we've just started meeting again. Obviously, social distancing, um, one person at a time. Um, but very, very this week we've just started doing walks with, with people, so um, so we're meeting we're meeting for a coffee, grab a little takeaway, have a little walk, you know, walk around the city. So so certainly for us, and obviously we're we're an agency, um, and and Glenn is in house, um, and so and so for us, I think we're going to be doing um, both, um, and and we have been doing both anyway. But I think the virtual stuff is increasing because. You know, not everyone is fortunate enough to live close to whether it's London or a big city or their recruiter that they want to meet. So um, so if it's not possible and you don't want to travel on the tube and the train and all of that stuff, then then definitely I think Teams, Zoom, Google Hangouts, whatever is is perfect. Um, or, you know, if you want a little uh, coffee and a walk, then, you know, I think that's that's cool, too. So it's going Definitely. to be, um, yeah, it's going to be mixed, I think. But that's our plan. Yeah, yeah. I was just <laughs> going to come back to that MBA question because I was I was turning it around yeah. in my mind when uh, when when you were talking. I was like, in my experience, actually, uh, when I'm kind of pitched it, when I'm in house, when I'm pitched kind of by MBA students looking for an internship or they're looking for a job and that sort of thing, I, I, I'm always struck by the really formalised approach. Um, yeah. And coming back to my point around it being personalized, it's like, look, and you know, experienced recruiters know the value that an MBA candidate can, can bring to the table. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know, experienced recruiters can read a CV and, and kind of assess the, the quality of that individual. The one thing that I'm looking for from those, those particular types of applicants is the why. What is your motivation for wanting to either work for this company, apply for this company? What do you think you can bring other than obviously your, your kind of MBA banner to yeah. this company. That's what I want to understand. Um, yeah. And if that's done via a face-to-face -face coffee over Zoom, over WhatsApp, whatever, I'm, I'm cool. But that's what I'm trying to get to the bottom of. You know, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm trying to understand. That's true. And I think, you know, I think it's, for my advice to, to students, MBA students, people getting in, uh, it, it's, it's thinking about what's, what's your story and, and, and what, what do you have to offer? You know, like why, mm. why, why should someone hire you? What value are you mm. going to add? And look, 
you know, it might be, and I know you did a, I think you did a poll on this on Twitter. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, when, when you don't have any work experience, you know, people are, you're hoping people are gonna hire you for your potential, right? Mm -hmm. And and so how do you get that across? And and you don't get mm -hmm. taught that at school. I don't know if you get taught it in an MBA, uh, mm -hmm. in an MBA program, but it's it's just taking a moment and thinking about it. Like why, yeah. why did they wanna hire me? What's the story? Yeah, exactly. so, and you can tell that as well over a video, right? You don't have to yeah. send me your kind of CV. Um, you could ping me a CV with a short, you know, 50 second video, just to kind of introducing yourself and, and telling me why. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Melody, Melody, again, I think it's worth addressing this because it's probably a, a big gripe of recruiters. Um, she says a lot of the feedback from MBA students is that recruiters aren't interested in building a relationship and they just want a quick outcome. <laughs> so uh, yeah. ultimately, I think what you're saying is, what Melody's saying is that the creator yeah. will only meet you if there's, a, if there's an active role right now. Mm. Um, and it depends. Think, yeah. It depends. If that's agency side, then perhaps, yeah, it's a lot more yeah. transactional. Um, but at, at the same token, don't, don't, um, don't put all recruiters in, in the same kind of uh, bracket as that. Um, yeah. I think there's definitely ones out there that you know, like me that want to kind of build relationships and, and look a lot more longer term in terms of, you know, how that how that re relationship might be mutually beneficial. Yeah. And I think also like in every walk of life, you know, there's different quality people in different industries. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so you know, there's an awful lot of headhunters and recruiters around. And I think it's really just, you know, try and meet as many as you can. If they'll meet you, we'll do the virtual. And, and network, you know, because nowadays, you know, it's it's tricky to find a good role. Um, and and you, I think you've got to put in a lot of effort now, you know, like you've got to go meet people, virtually meet or, or in, in person, and just accept that, you know, some are going to be good and interested in, in, in making friends and, and other, others aren't, so. Yeah, there's also the responsibility on, uh, to a degree, on the, on, on the candidate to research the recruitment market. Don't, yes. just, see it, don't just see it as a channel um research yeah. it research the players in it research the credibility of those players in it and then yeah. perhaps look to build build relationships with the, the the ones that come across as really credible you know it's, it's yeah. a two-way thing right yeah. yeah and glenn do you think that um given the uh situation will it be easier for um foreign professionals to apply for jobs in london you know i mean they've always we were used to the process and 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 um, and maybe it will be great to listen from from your side in, within fintech mm -hmm. um that you tend to have this recruit uh, this uh, interview process over the video and then you invite that person to come to to the offices to london and and have the series of interviews well now is you think it's going to be easier for foreign professionals to apply for jobs in london good question um great question yeah, really good question. Because uh, when I think about, I mean, it's there's so many kind of known unknowns, isn't it, in relation to how kind of Brexit is truly going to play out, how that will um, yeah, exactly. impact, how that will impact on the types of visas that people can apply for, because they've already made change to the entrepreneurial visas, haven't they? They've there used to be three different types of entre entrepreneur visas. Now it's the exceptional talent visa. Yeah. Um, yes. So there's been changes in relation to how, you know, talented individuals can access, you know, kind of visas or, or then be sponsored. Um, I would, I would hope that 
you know, foreign talent's interest in working in, in the UK doesn't diminish. And I would hope that companies really step up and take on the responsibility of having um, almost their, their, their pathways to engage, sponsor talent when that right person comes up and not do it retrospectively. So actually invest in and put it on your roadmap that we need to look into our framework of if we want to sponsor, if we want to take on individuals with a visa, how do we do that? And are we set up for it? Um, and what sort of timelines are we looking at? And build that into a recruitment process, right? So yeah. at, the, at the very beginning, the recruiter knows, okay, if we've got somebody that's just about to go into the, the interview loop, but actually they're gonna need sponsorship, we need to really start thinking now about the plan and the timeline for that person, if indeed we end up offering them. So it yes. becomes something that's considered all the way through, not just at the point of offer or thereafter. So yeah, yeah to, to your point, Aldo, I really do hope that you know, you know, foreign talent doesn't or, or stop. It doesn't it doesn't stop. You know, kind of looking to apply and work in the UK because that would be that would be awful for the UK economy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Glenn, thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you. Loads of great stuff. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to leave a review and subscribe in all the usual places.